What do you mean there was something he couldn't do? We'll talk about that today on Bible Time. everyone thank you for joining me for bible time you know in mark chapter 6 we're told that there's something that jesus couldn't do and it really astonishes a lot of people but let's look at it so in matthew i'm sorry mark chapter 6 we read that jesus goes to nazareth and he it was his hometown and his disciples followed him and on the sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished saying where did this man get these things what is the wisdom given to him how are such mighty works done by his hands is this not the carpenter the son of mary and the brother of james and joseph and judas and simon and are not his sisters here with us and they took offense at him and said to and jesus said to them a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household and he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them and he marveled because of their unbelief and he went about the among and he went about among the villages teaching so how is it that jesus could do no mighty work there what stopped him it's quite simple their unbelief stopped him think about this for a moment so he grows up in this town of nazareth and back then you know people didn't leave their towns they didn't have airplanes and cars and trains and and dreams of going to the big city and making it big no they stayed where they were born so they got to know him quite well and for 30 years because it wasn't until he was 30 that he started his ministry when he was in Cana of Galilee, which was close to Nazareth. But anyway, so they got to know him, and now all of a sudden he's coming in, and he's, he's teaching them with great wisdom, and he's supposedly the one who changed water into wine and the one who can heal people. And they're like, no, this is the carpenter's son. He doesn't amount to anything. You know, if you go back to your hometown where people knew you, I mean, again, remember, this was a very small town, so everybody knew everybody. It's not like he came from New York City and people said, oh, who's this guy? You know, we could live a block away and not know someone. It's not like that. People knew him. And because of that, they were not going to believe anything else. It says a lot about human nature here, that when we get so steeped in a particular belief that we're not going to believe something else it is very hard for people to come out of say for example the catholic faith and now i'm not trying to put down catholics they do a lot of good things but you do not need to go to a priest to be forgiven you go to the lord directly to be forgiven and i can't convince a catholic that if they've been catholics for 50 years or whatever it may be because that's just what they know same with for example, a Muslim, you can't convince them that Allah is not the God of heaven, that he is Satan in disguise. You can't convince them of that. So it leads to problems for these people. But anyway, in Nazareth, they just were not going to believe that this carpenter was now doing all these things. So Jesus says, a prophet is not without honor. People honor someone who speaks on behalf of God. But except for in their hometown and with their relatives, because they know them and they won't come out of their unbelief. So can't God work 
around unbelief? Well, absolutely he can. And in fact, he did many times in many ways in the Bible. He just ignored people's unbelief and just worked. But Jesus came for a purpose. And, and part of the purpose was these miracles and the healings and the things that he was doing were to teach people who he was, to bring about the kingdom of God. And he's not going to perform in front of people who are just not going to believe no matter what you put in front of them. You know, um, in the Bible, there's a story of the rich man and Lazarus and uh, the rich man goes to hell and the, and Lazarus goes to the bosom of Abraham. And in this story, um, it is said that, you know, the rich man says, have Lazarus go to my brothers and tell them the truth so that they don't end up like me. And it says that they aren't going to believe anybody, especially if a man comes back from the dead, because they're so steeped in their religion, they're not going to believe. And it was a knock on the Jews who at the time, the Pharisaical Jews who did not believe. And it's quite a statement for today as well. There are some people that, you know, you could perform miracles in front of them. You can heal somebody. You can get some, tell somebody in a wheelchair to stand up and walk and they walk. They're still not going to believe that God did it. They just will not believe it. I mean, it could be pride. It could be, be a stronghold of the enemy. It could be many things, but they're just not going to believe. So why would you perform any more miracles in front of those people if they're just not going to believe? That's kind of what Jesus was saying. But then he left there and he went out to other places and he healed the sick and, and he became quite popular. You know, he, he told people, don't say who I am because he didn't want to get so popular that the Pharisees arrested him before his time. He wanted to be arrested so that he could die on the Passover, so that he could raise again on the Feast of First Fruits, so that he could spend 40 days with the disciples and then a week after that, Pentecost would come and Holy Spirit would come. He had it all planned out. The timing was perfect and God made sure that the timing was perfect. So that's why he told people, don't say who I am. Not because he didn't want people to know, it's because he wanted them to know, but he wanted them to know in the right time. So yes, he could do anything, but he didn't do it because of their unbelief. And in fact, it says that he marveled at their unbelief. So what do we get out of this? If you find come across someone who's just not going to believe, especially if it's someone in your own family, and that seems to be the case for a lot of people, that you just you have one or two, maybe even more people that, no matter what you tell them, they're just not going to believe what you say about Jesus, and it hurts. We want to see these people in heaven someday. We love them. We want them to know the truth. We want them to know what has saved us, what has redeemed us, but. They're just not going to believe it. So all we can do is pray for them and not continue to, to beat yourself up over it because there are other people out there who will listen to you, who don't know you, didn't grow up with you, who will listen to you. So know your calling. What is God asking you to do? And go out and fulfill it. Be a part of his kingdom. It may not be in your hometown. You may have to move. You know, I often say that that's why I ended up where I am in the Ohio, upper Ohio Valley, because I grew up in Ashtabula, Ohio, 
And I don't know how people would react to me doing the things that I do, saying the things I say up there. So I'm happy to be where I am. That's your Bible time for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll talk to you again all real soon. And thank you for listening for our 150th episode. I'm quite honored to be able to say that this is the 150th episode. Quite a celebration. I'm really looking forward to the next 50 when we celebrate 200. I'll talk to you again all real soon. God bless.